with a look back over the weekend sport action. This is Full Time on KCLR. Good evening, everybody. Welcome into Full Time on this Monday evening. It is the 19th of June. Hopefully you are all well. My thanks to Donal in the newsroom there, as always. And to Matt O'Keefe stepping in for Sue Nunn and our own Shannon Redmond helping out as well. Busy day here in the KCLR studios. A busy night ahead with a full time and we are going to kick things off uh, with Carlo Hurling's exploits at the weekend. We're going to be chatting to Willie Quinlan about the Talton Cup and Carlo's defeat at the weekend. We are going to be going then north up to Donegal for the Irish Rally, the International Rally. Kevin O'Regan or Kevin Regan is going to be joining me here uh, a bit later on as well. But first of all, we are going to go to the man that knows all things about Carlo Hurling and that is Mr. Terence Kelly himself. Terence, how are you on this Fine evening. It is actually fine. I can say it's fine out there now. Hopefully it's fine where you are because I know you're on the road at the minute pulled in. So, how are you this evening? Listen, I'm grand. I'm after coming from Kilkenny and it was flooded. And I'm, on, I'm in nearly in Gorey in County Wexford now and the roads are lovely. Everything is fine. So... I think we're, we're, we're nearly all flooded out of a turns with the rain that's after falling around the place today but luckily enough hopefully it'll all uh, clear up and it'll be good for the weekend ahead but look I suppose there was tears of sadness after the final whistle in Netwatch Cullen Park at the weekend the run for Carlo Hurlers has unfortunately come to an end at the hand of the dubs but they certainly didn't have it easy when they came to town because Carlo put it up to him, especially for the first half, going in at half time, a point up, getting a standing ovation from the supporters, which I thought was lovely to see. And right up until about the last 10 minutes or there or thereabouts, Carlo were certainly in this game. Would you agree? If and Martin, there were tears of joy, to be honest with you. I've been with Carlo for so many, many years and on several occasions we had good victories. But, you know, to see what they done the other day. And the only sad thing about the story was that uh, it's completely far scoreline. Dublin were the better team, no ifs and buts about it. But to think that they won by 10 points, there were only two points in it with 11 minutes to go. And that's a bit of a far scoreline. But listen, Carlo were heroic in so many ways. And uh, it was the Dublin's bench, like they were on three subs in between them, like they got four points. And, uh, no, as I said, they were out on their feet. Carlo have to put in a huge campaign in the in the Joe Mac and uh, you know give credit to every one of them like and give credit to Dublin like there wasn't a dirty stroke in the match it was a proper hurling match and uh, you know Carla gave them enough for, for the first uh, 35 minutes and uh, listen they got uh, Carla were after having six whites to Dublin's three at half time and uh, no listen Dublin Dublin they were a fitter team their bench were stronger also and you know that was the difference in the end and fair play to Dublin we know that Carlo put it up to Galway a couple of years ago as well when they came to town and they certainly done the same thing to uh, Dublin at the weekend. They're not fearful, Terence, of any of the teams that's in no. the, the Leinster Championship. And I think it was John Michael uh, Nolan that actually spoke with Brendan afterwards and he said it was great to actually get a taste of what the Leinster Championship was going to be before they actually played in it themselves last year. That game could stand to them very, very well as they prepare now for the Leinster Championship next year. Well, it's true, like, you know, it's a difficult championship, like, you're going up to Division 1. Like, you know, they're coming from Division 2 up to Division 1 now, and, you know, going into the top flight. And uh, I said the pool is very small, there's not that many people falling off the conveyor belt. But what they have, you know, the muscle heart, 
the massive person to give every ounce out of their body on on uh, on Sunday last for the cause or on Saturday last for the cause, and you have to be so proud of them. But I thought with the people standing up, we're not. Um, we have to get acclimatised to crowds like that. It doesn't happen too often, but every man, woman, and child stood on their feet and clapped them off at half time. It's put tears in your eyes, and at full time again, it was so emotional, like for a team that has given it all. And I said, the only frustrating thing was the scoreline. Double the world by far, they were, the, they were a better team. But to see a 10 points defeat after the effort doesn't sound right. But listen, fair play to Dublin. I said, they gave them a huge battle. I said, at half time, you know, where Marty had a lot of scores from freeze. Uh, he got 12 points out to get like one from play. They were depending on Donald Buck. He got eight points from a centre forward. A player just had to score in 251 coming into the campaign. That two half hours beside him, Danny Sutcliff, another fella has scored one seven up to now. He was kind of held to three points. Keen Bowling was taken off. This is a man with a huge reputation, but you know, all in all, it was a great team effort. And uh, for Paul Doyle and his troops, they must be so proud. Right, as I said, they achieved what they wanted to achieve. This was the All Ireland Intermediate or the Joe Mac, whichever you like to call it. They won that, and uh, and they also have to compliment KCLR. Like they brought the people from home, they brought them down to Tralee a couple of days, they brought them to Ballycran, they brought them to Tullamore, and not because they're involved with KCLR, but I'm just saying for some of the older people and the people outside of the country to be able to tune in and get those games, it is so valuable to them. Well, it certainly is, as I always say, you can't beat live sport when it comes to anything that's going on yeah. at the weekend, and it's great that yourself and Brendan are involved in this, and we know you're a passionate Carlo man as well, and we wouldn't change that for the world. I suppose, Terence, when we go from here, uh, you mentioned it already, Carlo really is a small county, they have a small pool of players, and I suppose this was a debate that was going on over the weekend as well. While there is work being done in pockets of Carlo, and there's work then starting in other pockets to try and get hurling uh, a stronger in them clubs, maybe football might be stronger there at the minute, and they're trying to bring the bit of hurling in. Where do you see that coming down the line, or where can the county board develop more players to bring them into the county setup? Well, it's like throwing a tree, you can throw a plant, but it takes a few years to develop and to mature, like, you know, and it takes a certain length of time. And, uh, you know, a lot of youngsters, maybe full of beans, love to go into it, but it's so easy to go off the straight and narrow road, too. You know, there's a lot involved to be training a couple of nights a week and all the rest. And, you know, it's it's, it's not an easy road. There's so, so many side attractions along the way. But as I said, we have very few jobs. We only have six jobs technically as such. There's a couple of new jobs being kind of formed and we wish them all the best. But like Dublin have 14 senior clubs. You know, Kenny have 12 senior, intermediate and junior. You know, there's, there is massive competition in some of the other counties. Carlow have the second smallest county in Ireland. And we're not just kind of whinging about this, but they're definitely punching above their weights. And for Carlow to lift the uh, All-Ireland Intermediate title or the Joe Mac there a couple of weeks ago, that was monumental in Carlow Hurling. It's, it's, listen, it'll, it will, it will get a few young lads you could see the volume of players out on the pitch at half time the last day. Oh, it was brilliant. Like daisies. It was brilliant, like, you know, as I said, that it was brilliant. It is, on a day like this, you'd see, you know, youngsters kind of, you know, putting, putting their shoulder to the wheel. It's not an easy road. There's a lot of bigger counties around the place with a lot bigger picks and all the rest. But what we have, we have. And I'm just saying I wouldn't trade them for anything. As I said, they're huge hearts and they give everything they have and they die with their boots on. 
Well, they certainly did do that and they have given us all great encouragement, great entertainment, tears of joy, tears of happiness and who will ever forget the Joe McDonough Cup final above in Crow Park yeah. a couple of weeks ago against Offaly. And I suppose, just want to have you on to compare, I suppose, the two games between Offaly and Tipperary and Carlo and Limerick. I mean, Carlo are certainly justified as coming away as the Joe McDonough Cup champions after winning that game because maybe if Carlo had been playing Tipperary, they may have been on the same end of the result that Offaly got, but uh, they certainly put it up a lot more to Dublin than what Offaly had against Tipperary. And maybe Tipperary were just as awesome as they were in the day. Yeah, but nevertheless, if you're from Tip, you kind of wonder how did you concede 321? You know, the 538, I think it was. And, you know, that is a huge score to defeat it in victory. You know, so that's a huge score to concede in victory, like, you know. And, uh, you know, so Carla did by 13 points to 12 at half time. And with 11 minutes to go, there were two points finished. Now, listen, the wheels fell off the wagon then. What happened, happened. There's no point in, in kind of winning over spilled meat as such. But, no, as I said, that uh, they were there on merit. The, the Joe McFine was probably one of the best holiday matches in 23. Not because I was involved with the team or I was following the team. I was in Kenny that particular night at the Black Quarry uh, filling station and there were three elderly men there speaking. And they were just saying about the long ball and they were just overcome by Carlos hurling. You know, as I said, lots of people playing this short ball from the goalie to the corner back and then you got to Carlo play the long ball, the big book out and Lots of credit has to be given to Tommy Mullally and his troops, you know. And, uh, no, as I said, we are where we are. And uh, it's it's a huge step up in the Leinster. It's a huge step up, like, you know. And, uh, as I said, we have players there. We have two players uh, played on that team. Um, uh, Marty Cavanaugh's brother, Jack, he was sent uh, he was sent to forward on the minor team in 2006 against Kenya. He thought he was sent to field in that team against Kenya in 2006. And you know, this is this is 17 years later, and they're still done in the jersey. Like, and uh, but to meet warriors like those, it's not simple. It's not simple like, to give the dedication, give the time, and give everything they have, like for their colours. But they love it, and we have a certain amount of players that love their game in the county. And we could like to see a few more far enough to convey our belt, but just hopefully it will come. Hopefully it will come, Martin. With the help of God, Terence, listen to yourself and to Brendan. Thank you so much for all of the joy that you have given us through the commentaries on the radio over the pre-season games, but in particular the Joe Mac and, of course, at the weekend as well. And as we say, that draws a close on the inter-county season on the Carlo Hurlers and it will be the league and championship next. The first round draws of the championship have been announced. I know that there is a championship launch taking place on Wednesday evening in Netwatch, Colin Park. And no doubt, Terence Kelly, you're going to to look forward to what could be a, a very interesting senior hurling championship ahead. Well, this is a fact. Like, you know, I think it's starting Wednesday week. I think St. Bonham's played Ballinkin on Wednesday week, as far as I know. It was supposed to be Friday week, but one of the players' brothers get married. And I think it's brought forward somebody was telling me the weekend to Wednesday week. Listen, it's all good. The domestic scene then. They'll be all enemies now for a while. We'll have to be enemies for a while, but listen, <laughs> they're a great bunch of lads together right now. A bunch of brothers, but we'll have to kind of be separated for the next couple of months. Uh, well, anyway. you, you wouldn't expect that now any other way because, as the fella says, no, your own territory comes first. Now, uh, when they come together for Carlow, that's different, but your own territory is your territory and you'll do everything you can to protect it. But you're dead right. In the Senior Hurling Championship, just to run down through it, the first round draws was completed and Navon and Michael is going to take on Mount Leinster Rangers. 
while Bagnall's Town Gales will take on Nave Breed and as Terence said already St Mullins or Nave Mowling is going to take on Ballincalen in the Intermediate Hurling Championship first round it's Nave Mowling going to take on Mount Leinster Rangers Nave Owen against Bagnall's Town Gales and Carlow Town versus Ballincalen and in the Junior Hurling Championship it's Burren Rangers versus Nave Breed Carlow Town versus Clinda- Kildavan Clonny Gall Mount Leinster Rangers play Nave Mowling and Nave Owen versus Palatine and as we say while Terns may have a bit of inside information on the fixtures and that we have yet to receive them yet and when we do we will certainly let you know about that Terns uh, over the last number of weeks I thank you for joining me on full time it won't be the end of it because we have the club scene to look forward to um, and we look forward to switching that attention and seeing how I suppose uh, friends and uh, colleagues for Carlo come to be enemies and baiting two levels of you know what out of one another when they get out with the club jerseys on them. Uh, and we're looking forward to uh, a very interesting club championship. Yes, Martin, thanks for having me all the time. It was great. It was, it was great, like, you know, and I felt so proud to be from Carlo on Sunday and for the last couple of months. This is fair play to him anyway. Thanks again for having me all year. Well, I'm a Kenny man and I felt proud that Carlo was doing so well as well as they have done with everybody and we all here on KCLR think the same as well. So, Terence, enjoy the rest of your evening and we will chat to you again very soon to have a discussion about the club hurling scene. Thanks, Martin. Thanks for having me. Gentlemen, as always, that was Terence Kelly there joining me and what a great addition Terence has been to myself here on full time always available to take the phone calls and I really do appreciate it right I have a quick break to take don't go anywhere because when we come back in part 2 I will be calling Willie Quinlan to discuss Carlo's exploits in the Talton Cup in Corrigan Park yesterday and that's going to happen right after this your Monday night sports show full time on KCLR with Martin Quilty Yes, welcome back into Full Time with myself on this Monday evening. It's approaching 25 past 6 on the 19th of June. It is hard to believe that we're nearly halfway through the... Well, we are halfway through the month. We're nearly in July. God, weeks, months, everything is flying. Sport is flying. And someone that was flying as well up to Corrigan Park at the weekend, only yesterday, in fact, was Willie Quinlan, who is a man who was well-travelled this year, having been in London following the Carlow footballers and all. Willie, how are you this evening? Good, sir. Yeah, not too bad, Martin. Um, I suppose a great year overall. We, we have travelled uh, the length and breadth of the country and... Uh, it all ended yesterday, but in fairness, they've given everything. They've, you know, the whole year they've had a really good year for the footballers and and the hurlers. Was in that much kind of park on Saturday, and the same thing, um, a point up at half time, and they were incredible. The the skill levels, the, you know, the last ten minutes probably just lost to that little bit of experience that Dublin had, and uh, something similar with the the, the footballers. Um, we were really well in the game. We got, had a great start. It was a we were a point up with eight minutes gone, and. Antrim were struggling to, to get a score and then they got back into it, got a couple of scores but we were still holding them well and we were two or three points down and we were just saying if we can get it to half time we, you know, we still have a big chance but a high ball in, full forward got a touch to it, got a goal, went in six points down and uh, it looked like we were going to be under huge pressure and we were, they went eight points down but like this bunch of lads have been doing this all year and never gave up, they fought right to the bitter end got back to within three points um, a poor decision from the referee I'm not saying I would have won them or lost them the game but it looked like it was a free out to Carlo he gave a free in Antrim went along and scored the last point of the game ended up winning by four points but again 
you know, you can you can say nothing about these Carlo lads. They give every single thing that they have, and every time they go, they seem to do the same. Aren't they? Just on that, William, we're not here to bash the referee now either, but just there was a couple of decisions that Niall Carew was speaking about after the game as well. What was your thought or view on the first goal that Antrim got? Because Niall was fairly adamant that he believed that it was a square ball and the goal shouldn't have stood. Yeah, I suppose the, the rule is that when they change the rule, when the ball is kicked, um, it, used to be, it used to be you couldn't be in the square until the ball actually it was in the square. But now... They've changed the rule a couple of years ago. So when the time the ball is kicked, if if you enter the square when you're not, it's not a square ball. Now that still doesn't mean it, it wasn't a square ball. We were we were kind of on the halfway line. It is a, a long way to, on the on our right hand side. We, it looked like he was going for a score. Uh, Johnny Fury didn't come for the ball, and the full forward just got a touch of it, knocked it into the goal, and it kind of knocked the stuff out of him for a while. Um, it was a big. A big turning point, you know, for Antrim because at the end of the day, Antrim got two black cards. Carla got one, and Carla were doing all the pressing. They pushed right up on their kick out, uh, seemed to be turning over a lot of ball. Got their own goal, you know, Mikey Bambrick there in the second half got a couple of points to come back uh, within the three points, but just couldn't get that extra point. I, I, I do think Antrim were possibly that little bit better, a little bit more experienced. They have been up in Division 2 and Division 3. Uh, their standing condition is a little bit further along the line than what, what we have. But again, you need a little bit of luck on the day to win these type of games. We didn't have that luck with that goal. Uh, Dara Foley was very unlucky. simply fouled catching a ball at the other end. And I know if he got the ball in his hands, he definitely would have turned the, the, the full back and would have had a chance of a goal anyway. So you need a little bit of luck and the luck that we didn't have on the day. But I mean, the whole year has just been a brilliant year for, for the footballers and really enjoyed it myself and Brendan followed them everywhere. Well, talking about a bit of luck, and we have been talking about this fairly regular on our slots here on the Monday evening, and that is... I suppose the waste for chances maybe that Carlo are not converting into scores when they are making the chances they're not getting them and 11 wides was driven at the weekend and 6 drop balls in particular into the goalkeeper's hand for Antrim as well and Niall did allude to that, that those kind of chances they're going to come back and haunt you in a game and unfortunately that did happen and when there's only 4 points in it and you have 17 potential chances as well you know that what might have been for Carlo when you look at it it's something that Niall can certainly work on with these lads for next year and that is getting their accuracy and their conversion rate that little bit higher than maybe it was this year. Yeah, definitely. At, at this level, when you go up against the you know teams of Division 3 and Division 2, you need to convert um, 60-75% of your chances. And we did have 11 wides with, with 6 in the first half, 5 in the second. Antrim only had 6 in the in the full game. We, we had uh, left 6 short on the goalkeeper's chest. And that's huge, you know, in the overall, uh, the way the game worked out. If you convert half of those chances, you end up winning the game. And, and that's that's the difference of uh, the top, top teams and the teams of, that are lower down than them. They just don't convert enough. Um, as I said, you can get up to the 75, 80%. You have a big chance of winning any game. We, we, all, we always talk about 16, 17 points winning winning games. In fairness, they scored 115, which is 18, but conceded one. Uh, 119 so we're just four points off the mark but it was a brilliant game of football it was end to end both teams went at it right from the start um, it was attacking even though the, both teams actually got lots of men behind the ball but as soon as you turned it over it was right to the other end uh, you know it was great it was great to watch it a great great support there as well lots of people travelled it was great to see the 
the jerseys and the flags around around the place, which is brilliant. And the same was Saturday. So they have given everything over the year. We need to probably stay adding, you know, next year and the year after, and stay adding the the underage, to, you know, a couple of find a couple of under twenties and bring them into the squad. I know they have done that this year, and hopefully what's in there will stay and we'll we'll stay adding and stay improving and stay building. Big big thing we need to do next year is uh, is really go at Division Four and try to try to get over, try to get into Division Three, and try to you know stay there for a couple of years because that's the way you improve everything. You improve your football, your your pace, your power, your strength, and obviously your scoring because you're playing at a, a different level than Division Four. And hopefully you'd like to see those guys staying on and include and and his men stay on as well. It'd be be brilliant for the future of Cardiff football Well I'm going to ask Willie to hold tight for two seconds we're going to elaborate on that just a small little bit but first of all they creep up on you so quickly I have a very quick ad break to take Willie is going to stay put with me I hope and when we come back we will be discussing that and the start of the National League next year we'll be back in a jiffy Full time on KCLOR with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. Looking back over the weekend action, full time on KCLOR with Martin Quilty. Yes, welcome back to full time with myself, Martin Quilty, here on this Monday evening, and I still have Willie Quinlan on the phone. And Willie, we're going to elaborate a small little bit on those points that you made just before the outbreak. One of them was Niall Carew staying on for next year as well, and the other was trying to get out of Division Four and get up to Division Three. I suppose this year they had six championship games, which was fantastic for the team themselves. Um, is it possible with the players that's there for the National League for Carlo to get out of the division and also to compete, we'll say, in the Talton Cup or the Leinster Final with the panel of players that's currently there at the minute? And I don't mean that they're they're bad players, I mean as in panel size-wise. Yeah, I think you need to stay adding, you know, every, every addition you can add, you know, can only be a benefit for, for the team in, in general and the uh, when you have a guy or two or three guys breathing down your neck, uh, looking for your position, well, you're, it's only going to improve you, and uh, you know you're you're going to do anything to get to the next level to stay on that field, and that's that's why the the bigger counties they have such big numbers that they're they're able to uh, you know they find it difficult if they can replace guys really really quickly. So you know if you're not up to the standard or up to scratch, that you're going to be substituted. Carlon, I don't think they're at quite that level yet that you say that we have a man for each position, you know, if you, lo- if you lost a player, that uh, the next man will step in and it wouldn't make a difference. But what happens with Carlo seems to bring in two or three players, maybe four players, when they're not getting games, seem to drop off. So it's all about patience. Uh, I spoke to Tom Clark there yesterday, Shane and, and uh, Shane's father uh, yesterday, and, and he said it took, the, it took the guys three years for they bedded into the in actually to honestly he said they'd come home week in, week out and they'd be saying, I think I'm gonna start Sunday, I think I'm gonna start Sunday. And it, it didn't happen and it didn't happen for a long, long time. So, you know, you just have to be patient. You have to be willing to put in the hard work. Um I think a couple of more additions would be a big help to, to Carla for the league. The Abon Cup probably will come first. So that's where, you know, you need to get plenty of games and get game time. And I know he has done well this year with Finbar Cavanagh coming in uh, from Palantine. He's got a bit of game time. Aaron, Aaron Amond has got game time as well. And uh, it's great to see the likes of those players that can, you know, can step up because they can be called at any any time. Jonah Dunn is a strand from Clint Ireland. He's got plenty of game time. And it makes it easier when they, they make that transition into the team 
it doesn't seem to be such a huge step when you're getting the games you know it, it makes it a little bit easier so I think you have to add players you need you probably need a player for each position and that's uh, at, the, at the same level so one player will put a pressure on the, on the next player and that's that's where you're looking to go and that's where you're looking to build and I think uh, Niall Crew and his men have done a great job and uh, you'd, you'd like to see them staying on because I think you know they can build and they can get out of Division 4 into the Division 3 it, it is a little bit of luck uh, we should have beaten you know Lim, uh, Leash this year we uh, seem to be playing the better football but they finished finished that little bit stronger and got a couple of late scores Wicklow done the same we ended up drawing with them there's games that we could have won and didn't didn't win so plenty to work on uh, with loads of talent there it's a young side and uh, really looking forward to, to the league next year and looking forward to our own Carlow Championship in the coming weeks and months Martin yeah, exactly, Willie. Well, as you say, the league and championship is starting. I think you have a league final coming up as well, if I'm not mistaken, on Sunday evening that you're involved in. Am I right in saying that? Uh, actually, the senior final is Sunday, and, and that's uh, Air Oban to Ireland. And the following Thursday night is an intermediate final, which I'm involved in, which that's Air Oban and Clanmore. Uh, so, two, two finals to look forward in, within the next week and a half. So, um, Getting kicking it off early. I know the hurling will be starting first, and the football championship will be put back for a couple of weeks. But you know, just really looking forward to getting getting stuck into that as well. Yeah, well, as I was just talking with Terence earlier on, while they may be club mates and friends when they put on the Carlo jersey, they certainly won't be once they put on the club jersey, and they'll be fighting and battling against one another to get their hands on the title of being the county champions as well. But Willie, my thanks as always, like Terence for joining me here on full time on the Monday evenings all throughout the pre-season and indeed the championship it has been a good run for the Carlow footballers unfortunate at the weekend but we look forward now to the club championships in Carlow and then for the pre-season when it comes back around which won't be too long away in the start of the new year as well but for joining me every Monday and you're not finished yet because as I say we will be previewing and reviewing all of the club championships as well my uh, greatest thanks to you and we look forward to uh, chatting to you in the future Lovely, you're welcome Martin, thank you very much. Perfect, that was Willie Quinlan there having a chat to us about all things Carlo football. Right, don't go anywhere, I have a quick promo to take. When we come back I'm going to be chatting to Kevin Regan all things about the Donegal rally. Don't go anywhere. Podcasts on KCLR. Scoreline Extra. Weekly sport interview highlights and bonus content. I look at it, I'm enjoying it. I'm not overthinking it. I mean, I'm just enjoying the training and we have a really good group there and it's a matter of taking it week on week and, you know, we're not going to change the world or anything but it's it's, uh, it's hurling at the end of the day but we all enjoy it and, yeah, look, there's a good buzz there and we're looking to build on that now and keep it going. Podcasts on KCLR. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Download and discover today for free. Yes, you can get all of the podcasts available wherever you get your podcasts from. Right, we're going to switch our attention to rallying, which is new for me and no better buckle to help me along and guide me through all things rallying. And that is the host of the Irish Rally podcast, a former presenter in this chair here, I may say, Mr. Kevin Regan. Kevin, how are you this evening? Good, sir. 
I'm fine tomorrow and yourself. Perfect. All good. Now we have you loud and clear. Thanks a million for joining me this Monday evening. I suppose the Donegal International Rally is a fairly big event. It's a three-day event that takes place in June every year with up to 70,000 spectators converging on the uh, county of Donegal. So is it really that big, Kevin? Ah, it's massive, Martin. It's the, it's the biggest rally in the country. You know, in terms of footfall, in terms of interest, and as you rightly said there, it is the only three-day event. I mean, once upon a time, we had five-day events at the Circuit of Ireland, and I think anyone that will have any connection to rally and be it passive, I suppose, or maybe a little bit stronger than that, will recall a stage running somewhere near their homes at some stage around Ireland in the Circuit of Ireland. But Donegal is the closest thing that we have to that now. It is a three-day event, and it's a fantastic event. A little bit of a change this year in the sense that, you know, for the past number of years, I think 1983 actually was the last time this happened, it was just based out of Letterkenny. And they opted this year to take the Friday stages down around Donegal town area. So that featured, you know, some interesting challenges that I suppose next to no one had, had ever really um, come across. Bar a select few that might have come across one Rally Ireland back in 07. So they were relatively new. It was a level playing field on the Friday and it was a fantastic weekend all in all, Martin. What was the atmosphere like up there this year, Kevin? Because obviously with all of the tragedies that had taken place at the start of the year as well, um, you know, I suppose there was a different air about it. So the people that was coming to Donegal and the participants themselves, what was the atmosphere like during the three-day event? Yeah, I suppose, you know, um, poignant would be a description that I would use in, in one particular thing that I've seen anyway. So on Port Salon Beach, where the Nogala stage would start, um, someone had, you know, very, I suppose, uh, I don't know what the description is to use, to be honest with you. Uh, aptly, it's probably the best thing to go with right now, had kind of engravings on the sand with Craig Breen's number, which is obviously 42, Manus Kelly, who had, you know, passed away in 2019, number one, and Ken Block, of course, who, who was a worldwide superstar, um, his his number was, was etched into the sand as well. And that, that was quite poignant. That was obviously a lovely way to remember them and I suppose you know the way Craig Reed would have wanted everything to work without knowing him particularly well but feeling like you'd kind of know him a little bit is that he'd want everyone to enjoy it um, and I think that was the overall theme of the weekend itself like Craig's good friend Patrick Croke uh, would have been actually on the Knockalla stage not too far from where he was situated you know taking it all in and um, I think that's the way from my point of view, anyway, the weekend was kind of looked upon. And, of course, Manus Kelly's family, as they, as they have done, you know, since the tragedy in 2019, we're at the finish ramp. You know, we're there to congratulate Callum Devine and Ola Sullivan, the overall winners. And that's the way rallying works, I suppose. It's a tight community. Um, yes, look, um, we have moments like that every now and then. It's not nice. But, uh, you know, it is, it is a very special sport at the same time, Martin. Yeah, it certainly is. But anything like that always brings people closer together. Right, let's move it on to the action itself. Had we any Kilkenny or Carlo competitors that was vying for positions or anywhere near the leaderboard when it came to day three? And obviously day three is the big stage where everyone is looking to get to the top of that podium as well. Any local interest in it? Plenty of local interest, Martin, and I suppose you want you want to see a rally weekend go by near enough anywhere in the country without somewhere from Kilkenny or Carlo, you know, at the at the sharp end of it. And of course, a man making waves at the moment is Eddie Doherty, Kilkenny man, of course. Uh, he won the Leash Hartons Rally a couple of weeks back and came into 
Donegal in, in pretty good form. Now, you've got to remember the competition in this class is just off the walls when it comes to Donegal. It's as popular, that class 14, um, as, as the overall running. You know, so uh, he came in, he, he's leading, leading the championship going into Donegal and up, up against it, of course. But he came back four in his last 14, uh, which was pretty good going alongside with uh, Killian McCarroll alongside him there. Joe Connolly, Mr. Connolly, of course, not strangers to uh, Carol and Kenny with, with Red Mills. They brought their Hyundai R5 back in uh, 14th in their class, uh, in the RC2 class. And it had been some time since Joe actually did get through, and I suppose it's worth noting. It's a difficult thing to actually finish the goal rally because. It's such a test of man and machinery over the three days. You know, it's it's a grueling sort of an event, like, and to get back at all is serious going. And like Joe, yeah, Joe would have had an off there probably three or four years ago, um, and then mechanical things might have let them down. So to get back at all is serious going. So 46th overall and 14th in class. And then in class 20, we had um, another competitor there, Alan Brown. He came through third in class there. So that's just a few kind of um, noteworthy. Um, Gary Hayes was navigating there as well. Not quite sure they made it back. But um, yeah, look, I mean, it's, uh, it's a case of, of every weekend. You had the Moonraker Rally this week now too, with Horsley Rally representation there. The Ravens Rock, Rock, uh, Rally Martin Wood won't be too far away from Kenny area. In actual fact, I think there's a couple of stages within Kenny itself. So that's happening literally in two or three weeks' time um, on the 2nd of July. So it's all happening and it's all coming thick and fast. Yeah, I remember that when it was down near my area, if I'm not mistaken, even for the Ravens Rock, they were using, as we call it, the Port Road, I think, as one of the service areas um, as well before they brought it in on the quay inside in Waterford as well uh, one year. So it is really a huge event and you can tell by that uh, and all the people that's gathering in it. And it is a fantastic sport. I suppose our own James Lakes here on KCLR was up there as well at the weekend because he was one of the marshals. So it really is a fantastic community. Um, I suppose you're also involved in Formula one because you have the F1 show that's uh, doing very very well we have to say on the podcast uh, front uh, you're also part of the left wing back which is all things Carlo related and I suppose we can't go on without saying about Carlo and their fantastic exploits over the last weekend with the, or the last couple of weekends with the hurlers and the footballers as well Yeah, look, it's been phenomenal I mean, it wasn't looking too promising back maybe in, in February and March but the way things are is is unbelievable, really. And I think, to be fair to the hurlers in particular, there was, you know, a lot of people use it as a cliche or whatever, but they were completely written off against Dublin. And people were talking about Clare and Dublin already. Um, I don't know if those people were as confident in three or four minutes to go a normal time when there's only three points in it. But um, in the end, I suppose, as the bookmakers tend to do, they don't get things wrong too often. And I think the handicap for that game was 10 or 11 points. Obviously, they lost by 10. But look, they're not in the way from them. I think they, they lost, I suppose, um, you know, a little bit of legs coming down the stretch and maybe a little bit of strength coming in off the bench as well might not have been there. And ultimately, that's where they lost out. They've had a fantastic year. Uh, footballers as well. I mean, you know, I don't think many people would have predicted a win in Ockram, a win against Longford in Port Leash. Uh, probably would have been expected to beat New York, but not an easy an easy game to get a win in and um, you know by all accounts weren't too far off against Antrim like so I think both camps can be very very happy with what they've done this year and of course the club stuff very much on the horizon now as well I think we're going to have some great club championships this year as well Martin 
Well, it's certainly looking like that. Kevin Regan from the Irish Rally Podcast, the F1 show and the Left Wing Back Podcast as well. Thank you so much for joining me on Full Time this evening. It's always nice to get my own back and actually interview you for a change because you've done that to me many a time, I can tell you, when I was involved with the Camogie. But really do appreciate taking the time out, Kevin, and joining me here on Full Time. And sure, we might chat to you again coming near the Ravens Rock Rally and see how the local interest is going with that. Absolutely. Pleasure as always, Martin. Perfect. Good man. That was Kevin Regan there, as I said, from all of the different podcasts that he's available from really into his motorsport as well and uh, really delighted that he was able to join us. Right. I have a quick break to take. Don't go anywhere because when we come back, I will be doing the sports roundup and announcing this week's Electric Player of the Year. Can you guess who it is? Well, you might let me know. Who do you think it might be before the ad break finishes? Get in contact on the dinnersready.ie text or WhatsApp line. It is 0833069696. You have about a minute and a half to let me know who you think the winner is going to be because it will be getting announced very soon right after this break. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. Lahardsvolkswagen.ie Full-time on KCLR, your weekend sport in review with Martin Quilty. Welcome back to Full Time at 10 to 7 on this Monday evening. Right, I have about six minutes to get down through this roundup and announce the electric player of the week, not the year, the player of the week. Right, let's start with soccer. Republic of Ireland are going to take on Gibraltar tonight, hopeful of a first win in their Euro 24 campaign after last week's horror show in Greece. We're back in Dublin this evening for a 7.45 kick-out. Kikeni and Carlo in Camogie news took place in, or took uh, part, I should say, in the Leinster Under-14 Development Blitz at the weekend, Kilkenny Amber and Stripes won the Division 2 and 3 Cup Finals respectively, while Kilkenny Black won the Division 2 Played Final and Carlo Green came away with the Shields Division 7 Final. Carlo Intermediates are taking on Wexford in Round 3 of the Glen Dimplex Championship in Belfield on Saturday at 2 o'clock. Carlo must win the game to have any chance of qualifying for the knockout stages, while our big live game at the weekend is going to be in the Glen Dimplex All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship round two on Saturday the 24th of June and that is Dublin versus Kilkenny for 2pm from Parnell Park with myself and Anya Fahey live on commentary. Turning to golf Rory McIlroy lost out to Wyndham Clark last night on the early hours of this morning by one stroke to miss out on the US Open. McIlroy finished I think on nine under if I'm not mistaken um, and he hasn't won a major since 2014 so hopefully we can keep the fingers crossed for the Claret Jug and the Open next month. Leona Maguire had better success though at the weekend. She uh, won her second LGPA or LPGA Tour title with victory in Michigan. A scintillating finish, picking up six shots in her last six holes to win the Mayor Classic. In ladies football, Kilkenny's return to the TG Cahar All-Ireland Junior Championship ended in heavy defeat to Limerick in John Locke Park, while Carlo too were edged out by Fermanagh in a match closer affair as they went down 113 to 9 points. Moving along then to Hanbury ball results and Jerry Murphy was busy typing these I can tell you today we had lots of Leinster juvenile medal winners in the 60 by 30 in the boys 13S was Gary McHugh from Kilfane 13D was Steve Hine and Robbie Lyons from Kells 14S was Joe Dowling from Talbot's Inch 14D Jake O'Neill and Conor Minogue from Kells 15S was Andrew Brennan from Talbot's Inch and 15D was Daniel Hayes uh, Darwich and Hugh Keeley from Kells in the 16S grade we had Anthony 
Clifford from Talbot's Inch. In the girls, 13S, the winners was Cueve... Keelan Dowling apologies from Clock 13D was Abby Flanagan and Ellie Roach from Clock 14S was Sean Hayes from Kells and 16S was Katie Jordan from Kilfane the girls with boys that's B-Y-E-S to the All-Ireland semi-final are at under 14D uh, Neve Drennan and Mairead Duggan from Galmoy 15S Emily Phelan from Kells 15D is Kate Ryan and Orla Duggan from Kilfane Gal my 16D blown at Mullins um, Marie Farrell or Mary Farrell from Kilfane and the 17D is Laura Doherty and Emma Kelly from Glenmore also hard luck to Holly Byrne who was in the 17S Mikey Steins in the 17S James Kenny and Reen Dowling 16D and Keen Farrell and Alex Begley in the 17D and the venues for the games were in Crow Park Gary Hill Kilfane and Castle Bridge of Wexford. Right, Mr. Owen Kerry is in the building. He is going to be here on a fully loaded with you just after I'm finished from 7 o'clock to 10 playing all of the best music. We have the bottom line coming up as well on Thursday evening just after the 6 o'clock news with John Purcell. And I think Owen is actually on for a couple of uh, late ones this week with you from 7 until 10. So plenty of live music music here with ourselves on KCLR. Right, we have to announce the winner of the Electric Player of the Week, thanks to Lahart, home of the all-new Volkswagen ID Buzz, which I got to see today and it's beautiful, uh, is St. Mullins Clubman. And is he a senior hurler? Well, we will have to wait and see because the winner is, drum roll, please, maestro. It is Marty Kavna. Well done to Marty, the all-time leading scorer for the county. Added another 12 points to his championship tally at the weekend in Carlo's defeat to Dublin in the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship preliminary quarter-finals. And as all you have to do is keep an eye on KCLR uh, socials after 7 o'clock this evening for your chance to win €100 Euro cash. And again, congratulations to Marty Kavanagh. So, as we say, just again to recap, everything that is going on the weekend we have the Glen Dimplex All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship match that is taking place on Saturday the 24th of June it is Dublin versus Kilkenny at 2pm from Parnell Park and we have a message that's coming into us that says Mikey Carey is going to be the Electric Player of the Week well unfortunately it's not it was Marty Kavna. right that is it from ourselves here on Full Time this evening my thanks to everybody my thanks Thanks to Terence, to Willie, to Kevin, to Jerry Murphy, as always, for the handball results, to Shannon, who's always keeping an eye on me out there in the production, and Owen Carey is getting ready to come on as well very, very soon to keep you entertained up until 10 o'clock this evening. I will be back with you live Saturday from Parnell Park with Anya Farrell and back again next Monday as well. But for the time being, look after yourselves. Enjoy your sport and we'll chat to you on Monday. Bye for now. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. LahartzVolkswagen.ie.